Revelation chapter 6, verse, yeah, yeah, Revelation 6. You're right, Brother Justin, I should have had these marked. I've heard Sam say the same thing. I've seen Brother JC just flip through here like a whiz. Find them quick. Uh, Okay. Now, I asked the Lord, I said, Father, I said, what what, what do you want me to share? He said, your experience with me. Chastening of the Lord. Do you you know that people know what chastening is? Chastening is is discipline. Chastening is spanking. If it must be. He says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chases not? But if he be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you pastors and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who have corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we much, shall we not much rather be in subjected subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they barely for a few days chasing us after their own pleasure but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. And this one here hits home. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Who enjoys this banquet? No, it wasn't me either. But grievous, nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Those who have had lengths of time with our Father experience God one way or the other. I've experienced God in this. 
the very beginning of my Christian walk. And this came at a time in my life where my foolish choices uh, had me between a rock and a hard place. And it was in this hard place that I found scripture. I found peace in this scripture. Especially verses 5 to 6 where this scripture came alive to me where it says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Okay, so here's a positive and a negative statement. First, let's talk about the positive. God's Spirit bears witness to my spirit, first of all, that I'm his son. So in the middle of your chasing, when, when Romans 8 comes in, uh, yes, Romans 8, where it talks about your spirit bears witness with God that you're his child. And that uh, uh, there is a wonderful, wonderful peace about that in the midst of your discipline, in the midst of your trials. Okay. Second, the Holy Spirit, he helped me recognize that it was God who disciplined me at that time in my life. Third, the positive statement, in the end, I knew that I would end up with God. So I said to myself, so, okay, so, 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 wait a minute, Lord, so you're telling me that, and, and I started crying whenever I seen my son, I, I just bawled my eyes out for about 20 minutes until I could uh, regain my composure. And so I'm saying, so even in this, in this trial that I'm in, in between this rock and hard place, it's you who's chasing me, right? Yeah, it's me who's chasing you. Well, um, how many of y'all remember the story of David and the judgment that God brought upon David whenever uh, he went into Bathsheba and then the judgment came that God said, Thy sword shall never leave thy house. But yet, God in his mercies he ended up in the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay. When he died, he ended up with the Lord. Now his chastening didn't seem very good at the moment when he was being run out of his own city by his own son. You know. And uh, he didn't, when he was pronounced king, he didn't become king immediately. Okay. He had to go through some things. How many of us has to go through some things? How many of us have been through some things? to gain the knowledge that we have today. Uh, I call it character development. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he takes you from the inside out and he will twist your world. <laughs> and, you know, in the beginning, you know, I heard of this Lord, but the experiencing of God is a whole different matter when he lets you experience him. Okay, he's a good daddy. And I'm going to tell you what, he ain't going to let you go out there act a fool. He is not going to let that happen. Okay, that's my experience. And if you do go out there and act like a fool, there's a hard judgment against that. And it's a strong word. It's a, it's a, it's a strong word. It's, it's a bastard. You know, and a bastard is, is an illegitimate child. Okay, God doesn't mince his words, especially in the King James Version. That's why I love it so much. Um, got off my notes a little bit here, but uh, 
So as long as I know that it was the Lord who disciplined me, even in his discipline, I found comfort because I knew it was my father spanking me. Okay. Um, I mentioned David because here's the thing was that uh, God gave David a choice and said, you want men to judge you? You want me to judge you? What was King David's response? He said, I'd rather you judge me because God is filled with what? Mercy. Man, you don't want man's judgment. Okay, if anyone's been down there at the Tulsa Courthouse and had to stand in front of a judge, uh, they see things in black and white. Okay, that's all there is. There's no mercy in the law, but there's mercy in God. Amen. And so that's why I found peace in knowing that this was God behind the scenes directing. Okay, and. Uh,
given us exhortation since Philippians chapter 3. And y'all know Paul's life. I, I know we've all sat together and talked about Paul's life. So you know what Paul went through. And Paul's goal right here is, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, this is me, Billy. I count myself. I made it personal. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And when I see that word press, I used to lift, lift weights back in the day. And some of it still has. And when you press, you have a, a goal to me. And mine was the 300 club. Okay? And you have to work at it. You have to work at it. You have to work at it to finally get there. You have to press Okay, now that's a fleshly example, but spiritually, when life throws its trials and tests and tribulation your way, do we just lay there like a like a like a bull brat and, and just ball her out and I say, This ain't fair. You know. Do we start complaining to God when we look at the life of Paul and see the word press, he's pressing. What does press mean? Justin used a beautiful word this morning called exhaustive. Yeah. It's exhausting. Okay? But one of the reasons, uh, I don't get off your nose, do we? As I see this, I see Paul, he presses toward the mark for the prize of the high, God, uh, high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then, um, Justin, I, I think you used it. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. Get this mindset in you. To keep on going on. To keep trucking. Don't give up. Because I tell you, I've come this close just to throw in the towel so many different times. And it's like right at the very last minute, uh, the strength comes. This is like the whole the Holy Spirit comes in and, and, and it gives you strength either from visiting with a brother uh, something, having fellowship, church, you hear a word in a song, you hear the Sunday school teacher say something to the, to the, to the students that, that just impresses upon you and you find strength. It's like, God, you're amazing. You're just amazing. You just came right on time. I was going to quit. I almost did, but God always sent me somebody that sent me a word or just a pat on the back Saying, I love you, brother. I know you're going through trouble. I've been praying for you. It doesn't become sweet until you're actually in that trouble. That it becomes sweet to hear that your brother is praying for you. Because I know in the back of my mind, I know this thought that God burned in me. He hears the prayers of the righteous. He hears his children. He hears them. I hear those, and when I say I hear the prayer of the righteous, the prayer of the righteous are those who he has saved. Amen. And like the Father said in chapter 17 of John, he's, I want them to know you as you and me are one. I want them to be one with us. Yes. And so when I hear a brother praying for me, it strengthens me, and it gives me courage because God's bended ears down upon that saint listening to the prayer. Okay? So... Um, I hate sinning against God. I hate it. Because
because it's like Brother Roy was saying to the children in Sunday school this morning, sin brings separation. Right? Sin brings separation. And from our God. But there's a way to come back to Him is if I don't repent and turn away from it. You understand? If I don't repent, it brings separation. If you don't repent, turn away from it. And uh, I have been uh, told this scenario, it's not a 360 turn. A 180 is, here's on, on, a, on a degree circle, uh, there's zero, and then there's 180 at the bottom. They're polar opposite of each other. So Jesus says, go the other way. Turn away from it. Don't just do a 360 and come back around. Okay? So, that's why I love the gospel. That through the work of Jesus and his sacrifice upon the cross, that the Lord Jesus Christ bridged that gap. Turn with me to Hebrews 4.16 where Hebrews 4.16 says, we're all familiar with this passage, but how many of us have just keep reading over and over and over the scriptures? We might have heard this a thousand times, but do we need to hear it again tonight? Yeah. We do, because it's for our profit. It's for my good. You know, the flesh is messed up. It's a sorry thing, the flesh is, because Roman explains our flesh is at enmity with God. So we need to continually, I need to continually feed my spirit man. Uh, I feed myself for three, uh, three times a day, can you tell? <laughs> so if you can tell that I feed myself three times a day, then I need to feed my spirit man as much as I feed my flesh. So I tell myself that. Okay, and it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay, that's what's so wonderful about the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He made that happen for me. He made that happen for us. And so through my testing, through my chastisements, through my trials and, and stuff like that, uh, this is one thing the Lord has burned into me, that they said, come boldly unto the throne of grace. What's grace? Huh? Grace. Okay that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I'm going to tell you what, when the word comes right there in the season and uh, you're in a situation, it's like salt and pepper on steak. It's good. It comes. It strengthens me. Um, Brother Justin, he spoke of the fruit of humility of being humble before God. And uh, he didn't realize it, but uh, I was, he's kind of stepping on some toes, you know, because humility is a bittersweet fruit, you know, but boy, there's a lot of good that can come from profit of that, and uh, it's not natural to our flesh to walk in humility, and the turning of the other cheek, um, has anyone ever experienced being transgressed against and has everyone experienced the emotion of, you did me wrong and I'm going to get you back? And none of y'all are guilty. I see the halos out there. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are perfect little angels. <laughs> I get an amen. 
Now we're all weak in the flesh. You hear me? The flesh wants to take up for itself. And also, uh, the, the other reason, uh, I must come to church. I must come to church. It, it strengthens me to worship God, to hear the preaching of God's Word. I know God's Word is truth and walking with God in His ways. And the Lord, the Lord, how many of y'all experience that the Lord has given us the ability to do so, to walk in humility and in meekness and humbleness of heart, to be able to take it and trust God in it. Okay? That's not natural. And so I come to church to get strengthened by this, these families over here, the ones in the middle, the ones over here, I look forward to nights, you know, because it lets me know I'm not in this alone. Okay. So I, I, I get strength from hearing what God has spoken to you when you preach the word of God and when Dan brother Dan picks out the music and, and, and wonderful worship songs. Good, good music. Um, the Lord's will give us the ability to do so when we are uh, asking Him to help us. For example, uh, in my situation, sometimes what do you do when, when uh, uh, I feel condemned or when I've done wrong and I've sinned against God and I feel condemned? Well, scriptures like 1 John 1, 9, I know we're familiar with it, but, but the Lord says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And what that means to me and uh, you can talk to me about this afterwards to correct me if you need to. But right then and there, I believe the Holy Spirit who indwells us comes and convicts our hearts. And He makes us stop right there what we're doing. And in all kinds of all the studying you've done, all the Bible scriptures you read start flooding in your soul. And you start, you notice the Holy Spirit talking to your heart and your soul and your mind, the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit will not deviate from the Word of God. It speaks the Word of God. And when you think the Word of God in your head, my thought is it's the Holy Spirit. Okay? And He's being faithful and true like Jesus said He is. Okay? He says, for His name's sake, in Psalms 23, you shall walk in the path of righteousness and I will restore your soul. The ETH means continually. I've been taught that, and that's another thing, is to have good Bible brothers and sisters that know the Word of God, Amen. knows what those ETH mean. Okay, I didn't know that until I came here. But all oh, that means continually? Oh, and for His name's sake? His name's sake means, oh, it's not up to me no more to try to work my way into heaven. It's His responsibility. Amen. Okay? And, uh, it says, uh, Isaiah 55, 6-7. You can go there if you want. I've got it written in my note. It's like Brother Justin said. I'll wait if you want to turn there. But this is another scripture that comes and is burned into my heart. And uh, we'll talk about this. I have questions for, for some of you out there. But when it says, let the wicked forsake his way, Forsake sin 
and the unrighteous man his thoughts, his evil thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. Repentance. Returning to God, for he will abundantly pardon, which means there's mercy promised. Okay? And again, that's Hebrews 4.16 must apply, that you go unto the throne room of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. But you know the King James Version is so strong, let the wicked forsake his way. Okay? I believe that when you sin, it's wicked. You know, who the people, is he, is he talking to the unsaved or is he talking to the saved? Well, if I'm so sorry that I'm going to commit this sin, well, King James said, you're wicked. And he did, like I said, that's why I love King James. They don't mince the word. Man, that makes me feel more than that, you know. Uh, why couldn't it say, when the children of God forsake his way? No, that's, that's pacifying it too much. God don't play. He doesn't mince his words. And so, as you can tell, um, we all have issues. I have issues that must be dealt with. And this is the main one that I have problems with is Matthew 7, verse 1. If you'll turn with me there, we'll read that together. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. I know that we're all familiar with these passages, but it's always so good to read. And I'm just sharing with you, you know, one of the issues that I have. And it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in thy own eye? First you cast out the beam of thy own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the more mote out of thy brother's eye. Mainly verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. I have made some judgment calls uh, in the past that I have paid for making the wrong judgment call because I reaped and sowed and it came back on me. And I've seen this scripture in my life here just recently in the last two years of my life that the judgments that I've judged this is why I'm here today and in the position that I'm in today I'm single y'all know my story y'all know my life okay and I've made some judgment calls and now I'm reaping it okay and now when I get offended or when I feel like someone's transgressed against me, especially those who were in my family, and I want to retaliate, I want, I want to get back in a, in a lot of good way, you know. All of a sudden, this is how God keeps Billy out of trouble. Oh, you, uh, you need to watch what judgment you judge, or you shall be judged. 
benefits of unrighteous judgment. Yes, sir. That's how the Bible talks to me. You don't judge hypocritically. Don't 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 judge unrighteously. You know, make sure that you know. I mean, we're not supposed to not completely judge, but you want to make sure that the judgment call that you do that you don't have a beam in your own yeah. eye. Okay, that's talking to Billy. I'm just sharing with you my experience with God. Okay, I ain't preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. Okay, I have a problem here, and I need God to get me out of it. And it's a good thing that God's fear is in me. Who, who, who fears the Lord? I fear the Lord. You know, how many of y'all experienced that, that, that? You know that God uses tests and trials. I've read some of Charles Spurgeon's books about turning the dogs, of, the hounds of hell loose on you. If it gets you back to his throne, you know, and so it's got me back to my throne, and this gets me back to his throne. Keep your mouth shut. Okay, and trust me, son. Yes, sir. Um, I've lived the scripture. I'm guilty of correcting others while there's been a beam in my eye. What's sad is it took a contrite spirit and a broken heart to finally get it because I'm a knucklehead. I'm hard-headed. But God knows how to deal with hard-headed people. He knows how to deal with me. I was emboldened and young without God in my younger days. And I was like a lion. And I'm going to tell you something about God. He knows how to tame a lion. He knows how to make that kitty cat, that great big 700-pound giant cat, come over them claws and just rip your skin right off your flesh. And he just pets you like a dog. And he's you well-behaved. That's our God that we serve. He turns the inside out. He'll make you behave. He made me behave. Um, when Brother Justin spoke of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 8, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than yourself. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man in his things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself with no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant who was made in the likeness of him and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross when J.C. was counseling me this was one of my scriptures that he gave me to let nothing be done through strife or vain glory and uh, he made a really good point in this that in the middle of your argument let's say Billy that you won the argument but when you won the argument it put Amanda in such a position that it belittled her and it hurt her did I really win or did I do that in vain glory and strife because Justin brought up one of my counseling scriptures. <laughs> you know, I'm going through that. 
And it is. It's just if, if you're trying to make if I'm trying to make a point and it's put others in position, it's like what the scripture's saying. I'm no better because I'm trying to be above them and I'm trying to serve myself before I'm serving others. And so I got it backwards. Okay? And so it is good that what was taught this morning and what the Word of God says to not let stuff be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Also, uh, uh, 1 Peter 2, 21. Let's turn right there right quick. I talked to JC about this a couple of months ago. Uh, this is one of my favorite scriptures that helps me. Is because we always look to Jesus Christ. Brother Joseph brought it out really well this morning by God's grace that he pointed every one of us to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning Amen. and the steps that we had to take because who's the best example to follow? Yes, yes. Christ is the best example to follow. Now, who, when he was reviled, reviled not. Again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judges righteously. The word him is his father. He, he trusted in his Lord. These scriptures are, it was, it's an admonition to me personally. I know it's all for God's children, but the answer I see is this. Uh, one of the issues I had uh, is anger. And uh, I don't know anybody around here that's ever had an issue with anger problems. But I've had anger problems. Okay. And so uh, I asked myself how our Lord Jesus handles anger. Okay. And, you know, we all know that, you know, uh, yeah, he, he was angry with leaders. Uh, who were interested in protocol than they were in a man being healed. Right. In Mark chapter 3, verse 5, you know, it talks about, well, let, let's just go there right quick just to remind ourselves of the following. I'm sorry. Let's just go there. Show son. Yes, sir. Really, I ain't crazy. First time I prayed, I always prayed in private because I didn't want to People see me talking to myself because I thought they think I was crazy. Mark 3, 5. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. You see that? Verse 5. And when he had looked around about on them with anger. You see that? Yeah, God got angry. He was angry when people were using the temple as a way to make profit. Y'all remember the story of him putting together uh, a whip? And as he was putting together the whip, what were they doing? They were making a profit and thereby disrupting the worship and showing disdain for his father's house. And that's the way Jesus seen that. He was indignant when his disciples kept children away from his blessings. Yes. Mark 10, 14. When other people's welfare was at stake, Jesus was angry. Here is how he is unlike us. He was never angry. 
when he was personally violated, right. people tested him. Right. Accused of him being from the devil, betrayed him, denied him, brought false charges against him. They spit on him. They sought to heap shame on our Lord and Savior and they nailed him to a murderer's cross. He never got angry because his personal desires, uh, because of his personal desires, uh, were uh, violated. He, he never, ever, with his personal agenda, was violated. He never got angry. Instead, the judge of the world. How many of y'all believe that Jesus is the judge of the world? How many of you believe that there's going to be a day that we're going to stand in front of our Lord? The judge of the world gave his right to judge over to his Father. And that's what 1 Peter 2.23 reminds me of. Does this leave you, me, deaf, blind, and mute in the face of personal injustice? Yes. If he did it. Okay. No. It leaves you so that you are not mastered by the injustice of others. That's what it does for us when you see the example of our Lord and Savior. I'll say that again. It leaves you so that you are not mastered by the injustice of others. Anger might feel powerful, and it does. It did. But anger is not powerful. It renders you, me, a servant of the one who hurt you. The way of Jesus is the way of the Spirit given power. The Spirit gives you power. In this power, you have a clear mind to consider how and when to act. Jesus was confident that his Father was in control. Are y'all confident that our Father is in control? Am I confident that our Father is in control? Jesus was confident that his father was in control and there would be justice. How many of y'all believe that there would be justice in the end? Temporarily freed from the role of judge, Jesus determined that his vocation was to be a what? A servant. And he served by blessing his enemies. You don't believe me? Do you believe the word of God? Turn with me to Luke 6, 27. Thank you, Mark Luke. Now let's just, just read scripture together. Six twenty seven. When I seen this, I I I, I did what looked like I have a tick tick in my ear. <coughs> but I say unto you which fear, love your enemies and do good to them which hate you. Which is a good thing, because we ourselves have also been God's enemies. And this, of course, changes everything. 
when the only one who has a right to be angry chooses to love and serve what he considers the interest of others more important than his own. And he chooses humility. He changes everything. Your quest and my quest for wisdom and love, it turns out, it's the way of the king himself. That's his way. I ask myself, are you with him, Billy? I ask my brothers and sisters, are we with them? Am I with them? And then I apply this to a personal question in my own life. What might that look like today? Our gracious God, we thank you so much for the word spoken this morning and the word spoken this evening. The 